we believe that when you go into a company, it's the sum of all the parts and you have leaders with goals and aspirations. And then you have the folks right under the leaders with that same, you know, or different aspirations and then all the employees too. And so everyone has a different North Star and personally, right? Like they have Mm -hmm. a thing they want to get to or do. And those goals and dreams should be vocalized and they should be heard. So how do you turn your business into an actual brand? Well, my name is Bijal Patel and I've had 13 years of corporate experience working at big Fortune 500 companies and I'm taking all of that juicy firsthand experience and have brought it into my company launch. Within this podcast, you're going to learn about branding, vision, identity, mindset, and how to scale your business to the next level. So let's go ahead and own your brand. Hey, I'm so excited to be here with you today on Own Your Brand. I have my dear friend, former client, Lauren Williams uh, with Workplace Harmony. And I'm so stoked because one of the things that stands out to me about Lauren is that she is just radiantly positive and being around her is a gift. So you're going to love this episode because she's a strong woman happy wife, happy mother, and she's a complete badass when it comes to work. So uh, with that being said, Lauren, welcome to the show and introduce yourself. Wow. Thank you. That was amazing and lovely. And I feel the same about you getting to meet you and know you and then being blessed to work with you. Oh my gosh. So many things to say about that whole sham, but I am a mom, wife, troublemaker and the CEO of Workplace Harmony. So that means that we transform cultures and amplify results for startups and really rapidly growing companies, companies that do a lot of mergers and acquisitions, a lot of high growth, and we're right there to do it with them and help them do the things. Uh, It's been super exciting. We're cruising into our fifth year. Um, Yeah, super exciting for that. That's like a big milestone in business owner life. And I feel like you get it. Some people are like, oh, yeah, great. I'm like, no, it's a big deal. It's like a big deal. Most people don't make it. So yeah, cruising into year five feels super good about it. We're very positioned for growth and expansion. We just added even more people to the team, which is so cool. Um, I just took a board position on our local homeless shelter where I've been volunteering a couple years. So I'm really passionate about that. My philanthropic work. So I'm super pumped. We have a big event tomorrow night that's raised over, I think, 20000 no, $40,000. So super, super excited that wow. I can be part of that and kind of give back and do some things that are outside. You know, as a business owner, it kind of becomes your whole life. And so yeah. I really needed something that was like, all right, I need to do something too outside for others. So yeah, that's, that's kind of what's going on. That's amazing. Okay, I have so many questions and so much to work with, obviously, always. So for the listeners hitting five years, and I mean, there's never perfect statistics, but basically a good way to think about it is only 50% of businesses end up making it past five years. And so it is an incredible hurdle to think about how, and not just small businesses, all businesses. Right. So that's incredible statistic. Um, So congrats to you. We just hit five years ourselves in January of this last year. Congrats. Oh my gosh. Sending you all the vibes. Congrats. That's a huge one. Cause you feel like kind of like, yes, I'm, I'm here to stay. Like I like, it kind of gives that line in the sand. I knew we were here to stay, but now it's like, nope, 
back no, up with like everyone. I, I proved it. I proved it up. So yeah. You know, we're going to, we're going to get into details. We're going to talk about like what workplace harmony actually does and what, what Pat makes you passionate, but let's just start really high level mm-hmm. of, cause I, I want to hear your point of view on this. It's like culture is something that people are interested in all the time. They think that they have workplace culture issues. They know they have a culture issue and it's so intangible and effusive. People have no idea how to even talk about it, much less know what to fix it. So let's start first with what is Lauren's definition of workplace culture? Yeah, exactly. So if you think of workplace culture, it's more of a vibe than like a tangible thing to your point. And Mm -hmm. it's interesting. I kind of equate it to in Chinese medicine, like your chi like your cheese, your culture, like that's the thing that's like running through the bloodlines, keeping everything going, keeping people together on the really hard days. And a lot of companies think culture is like the stuff they do and the um, programs they implement like, oh, we do uh, yoga, we have a foosball table, like that's not culture. And it's really what the leader builds as the feel and the vibe of that company. So it absolutely starts with the leaders and um, we can come in and help people with that and give them some ideas. A lot of times it's about being radically candid and transparent Mm. and open and how people treat each other. Like we go into workplaces and it's like, wow, this is how you talk to people. You don't talk to people this way. Who tolerates this? And starts at the top. So culture is really something that people feel more than they see or they touch. And it's like kind of become this buzzword that I don't always love because it's usually hiding something else. Like, have you ever talked to people who are like, oh yeah, communication's really bad. And you're like, what about communication? Because <laughs> that's a big thing, right? Like, what about communication is bad? Same with culture. Like, oh, our culture is yeah. awesome. Okay, well, what what's awesome? Or what, <laughs> what, do you, what do you think it feels like? I think people kind of get all caught off guard and it's because they truly don't understand that it's a person's experience makes up your culture. Got it. Got it. That was a really cool definition of it. And I think a lot of times people do get caught up, especially as small business owners, is that they're like comparing to Google's office and they're like, well, is is culture a slide? And I'm like, well, for Google's culture, it amplifies what it is that they've built. But that Mm -hmm. end product is an amplification to send all the signals they can in the environment through the five senses of this is who we are. It's a signal. It's a signal to say this is who we are. And if you're uncomfortable writing down a slide, this is not for you. And like culture (laughs) also repels people. So tell us a little bit about like the juicy stuff of like, Everyone wants a great culture. Everyone points to the culture being an issue, but they can't grab it because it's like fog. What is um what are what are some cool examples of like ways where a culture repels who you wouldn't want to be on your team? Absolutely. So it's a big attraction for candidates, right? When you're looking to add to the team, it can also be a repellent. And they would feel that because a lot of candidates are interviewing virtually, right? They're not walking into a building. And in the past, you could feel it in the hallways yeah. and how people interacted around the kitchen and in the cubes. And But now you don't have that. You have virtual meetups. But I think you can tell a lot by how people speak about the company and a repellent would be someone who really doesn't have a lot to say about the workplace. And it's all about the work and the stuff and doesn't really have a lot of positive comments around leadership. That doesn't have to be like 
the leader, but leadership in general plays a big part. And so you can easily repel a candidate by uh, having either leaders that don't do a great job highlighting the great things in that company or employees yeah. who just show like, I'm not all the way bought in. This is just a job for me. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which I think like looking at where the quiet quitting trend started a couple of years ago, and it's amazing to see that the quiet quitting trend is where it's at. Layoffs are up right now and it's crazy mm -hmm. in 2024. Um, what do you kind of see happening? How do you see the, how do you see workplace shifting like on a meta level with all of these like different things we haven't experienced before? Yeah, I think the workplace is shifting because you have this um, dynamic where you have a newer way of working post COVID where people aren't always in person. Employees don't want to be together. You have the flip side of employers who truly want people together and want to see them again. And the narrative of, oh, they're not getting enough done as remote. And there is actually some truth to that. I know employees mm. hate hearing that. There is, trust me. So mm. there's not a right or a wrong. It's a very yin-yang thing. They have to balance. But you have this new workforce. It's like, no, I'm, I'm not coming. And this is mm. how I work. And you have to meet me over here. And the employer is like, well, we'd much rather be on this side. And can you just do this and trying to work with them? Um, and then you have layoffs where people got really beefy, right? And we had these bigger teams or this fast growth or this epic hiring boom post-pandemic. And now there's just too many players in the sandbox. And by the way, they're not as effective sometimes, right? So I really do have a challenge when people are like, I'm fully remote and I'm super effective because I don't truly in my heart believe that. Yeah, I believe there is an element where to be super effective, you have got to be in person sometimes, whether that's together as a team or out with your customers. Like you cannot just hide behind a screen 40, 50 hours a week. You can't do that. Yeah. Um, there's also a change too in the work week. And I don't know how old you were when you came up working like your pre-business life. Um, but for me, it was very different where we worked like 50, 60 hours a week and you grinded really hard and you rose up the ranks through grinding. Yeah. And like there was no 40 hour week. That was a luxury. And I was yeah. speaking to a business owner uh, the other week and said, yeah, it's interesting. Now, if people push like that 40, they're like, oh, I'm so burned out. I'm so burned out. And it's yeah. so different. And like my firm's built to give work life balance. So like we definitely yeah. propose like living life and then there's work. But. There's also firms out there and people who they're just not used to working that full week because we had that two year pandemic gap. We had that really different kind of work vibe going on. So now you're getting into where employers aren't as tolerant and employees are also taking the reins on their career and their growth. So it's like, well, I don't like this. So I'm going to go do something totally different. They're not mm -hmm. as afraid to make those jumps. You don't have the same level of loyalty to companies that you really have to make it special, super special for people to stick around. Wow. That's so interesting. Yeah. I mean, I'm 4.1, Beach of 4.1. So I grew up in the like the hustle grind culture Yeah, and I take... I take issue with the online culture, the digital business culture, because everyone is mostly remote. And there's this tendency to want to be like, well, I'm like burnt out. And like you said, like, I'm like, but are you really even working your full 40? Because working a full 40 doesn't include you like listening to a podcast and like you taking a lunch and you scrolling on Facebook and Instagram, like watching right. TikTok videos, you know, it doesn't take that into account. 
And I think that there is also like, there's the online business, there's COVID, like you mentioned, but there's also this, like, what I sense is like a rising up entitlement of like, Hey, inflation went up, but like, where's my money? And it's like, well, you don't get the money when you're not also doing the work because somebody else, like the person who's earning it, they're going to get it as opposed to you. So, you know, I think it's kind of interesting. I want to know, I'm curious what your thoughts are, because like when I heard quiet quitting, I mean, I just literally was like, I roll so hard, like go ahead and quit. And you're probably not going to end up with a great job in like five years when the economy kind of all settles out. But what are your thoughts on this? Right. I do think there's two sides of that coin too, because quiet quitting, I think it's people who were truly unhappy, but didn't want to take the leap to like make the next job. And honestly, shame on their employers for letting them get by with being half a result deliverer. I mean, I'm all about results. And it's like, how could that person even get away with quiet quitting if they were being spoken to on a normal basis, had deliverables, had check-ins, had accountability? Where's accountability? Um, And I also see where for employees, they were just like, I don't have to work as hard because no one's going to check me. Right. And that's what we strive to change in companies is like, no, there is accountability and you can do it with kindness, love and compassion and still get that person energized about the work they do. I think so many people just kind of deflated. And so the, the interesting thing was when quiet kidding was coming up, I was getting all these questions about, will you comment on it? Will you write a blog on it? Will you? And I'm like, "Mm, I don't know, maybe let me think about it. Cause I just felt that, yeah, okay. People have the right to quit. Why are we making this a big deal? Cause you've always had those people in companies that don't pull their weight. They just got away with it. And now we gave it a name. So I felt like it wasn't like, you know, a thing to really comment on, but to say, Hey, employers, it is a wake up call to you. Get your house in order, like get Mm. your people in order, get your leaders in order, do what you got to do to retain these people or say, this no longer is a great relationship. I am giving, you are taking, let's part ways. And that conversation is so easy to have. And a lot of people don't realize that. Um, What I found in doing like this work for so long is by the time you have that conversation, those people know, those people know. Yeah. They they have an idea. They know. waiting. They're waiting. waiting. I'm not giving my all. I'm not, I'm not happy. And you know, people are like, Oh, how could you do that week in and week out? Like you have to fire people. It's like, well, Honestly, I'm helping them because they usually have better outcome on the other side. They weren't right. super happy. They didn't like their manager. They weren't having a great experience. They felt like they couldn't do the work they loved. Right. Yeah. And so I think we do have opportunities in that too. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's like, I love that analogy, which is like, you know, are, is the person on the right seat on the bus? And if they're mm-hmm. not on, and if there isn't another seat we can move them to, then maybe this isn't the right bus for them. Mm -hmm. Um, But being able to fire people up and say, hey, you're not happy anyway. And something changed. Maybe it's personally, or maybe the business grew and changed and shifted or the role shifted. There's so many moving parts all the time to be able to look at how is this a beneficial relationship, I think is the win-win. But it's so, it's fascinating to watch. And I do think that that the quiet quitting is a part of the brand, right? Like the name, the phrase quiet quitting, it just caught on. People liked saying it like it's got alliteration and and it's (laughs) fun to say. And so that takes me to our time when you approached launch. 
and you're like, Hey, I want to work on workplace harmony with you. I know that I need to like update our brand. Tell us a little bit about what you were thinking about when you approached us to say, let's work on this rebrand together. What were you kind of going through? So you and I were having a catch up and I think we were just talking about random things. It was like a random catch up. And then we got into branding and I was like, Hey, we're really trying to take this to the next level. And I don't know if our brand does that. And you're like, let me take a look. Like, let me just put some ideas together. And um, one of the things you came back that I'll never forget to this day, you were like, hey, I'm going to keep it real with you just because that's how I roll, which I thoroughly appreciate all the time. And you were like, that does not speak to who you are, what you've built or how you guys show up. And it kind of looks like stock photo. And I went back and started looking and found other brands that had the same Mm. like shapes and and style. And I was like, ooh, barf, like shame on me for not seeing. And so you and I like launched into launch and you were like, we can totally take this to the next level for you and we can highlight. And I was a little scared because I was like, I don't know if I'm ready for this. Like this is a big project. I'm in the throes of all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And was just like, let's go for it. Because what you said really resonated with me is this doesn't look like us. And now when I see things with the old branding, I'm like, ooh, barf, like this was so monotone and like not not our right vibe. And um, fast forward to having this branding, I cannot tell you how many comments and compliments and um, just responses we get from it. And people can go to our website and it honestly shows who we are in terms of the colors and the style and everything they know before they even talk to us what they're getting. And it just, it's made it really easy because it's weeded out a lot of folks we wouldn't work with and it's brought Mm -hmm. attention to those we would embrace and want to help. That's amazing. I think that like to watch it all come through and I remember that conversation now and I actually just got a visual of like, I remember what it looked like and I think you were showing me your core values. And then we, I, you saw that. And then we went to your website and I was like, Hey, Lauren, are you aware that you look like a corporate male? And you're like, what? I was like, yeah. this, you look like a big corporate company run by a male. And you're like, Oh my God, this can be further like from what I'm trying to project. Yes. Knowing how effervescent you are and bubbly and radiant, but like down to the results. And I remember one of the things you said is like, Listen, we are we are positive and we like to bring out the best in people, but we keep it real and mm-hmm. we we move fast and we're scrappy. And I remember you just saying that over and over again. We are scrappy, we get the results. And I'm like, oops, we're looking bureaucratic and we're looking yeah. like we took a really long time and, and that very we- stodgy. Like it was very stodgy, stodgy and yeah. it was not embodiment of how we show up or anything like that. Which is really partnering with companies. So we got to spend some time talking about who your ideal client was in that time. And at that time, (laughs) you had a lot of different offers, a lot of different touch points, and it may have evolved. But like, describe right now, who is your top, what I call ICP, ideal client profile number one? Who is your top person that you like to work with? Absolutely. So our top clients are rapidly growing usually venture capitalist or private equity backed and mm-hmm. poised for that growth, either just have gone through a merger acquisition or about to, we come in, work with them, help them stand up the best practices, ride with them for a while. And then when they hit a certain size, we actually help them bring in-house HR. We get out of the way, stand uh-huh. that person up for success. And then those clients, 
usually become repeat clients because they'll call us later and say, do you want to give a hand with this? Or, you know, can you help us with this part? So that's our ideal, perfect client. It's wonderful to work with those because they move so fast. They're so fun. There's so many moving parts. That's honestly who we love working with. Wow. That's really cool. What, what, like to give us a size of like, I don't know if there's revenue or, or number of employees, like something to help give it, set the tone of like, what does it look like when someone's ventured back? And like, when we say it's really fast growth, what does that sound like? Yeah, absolutely. So when we come in, they might be like 10 million to 80 million, and then we're helping them scale upwards and upwards, 200 million, 500 million, going towards a billion. And it's rapid growth. I mean, coming in when they're 10 people and leaving when they're three or 400, coming in when they're very small with one site. And when we're done, they have 35 sites. Like it's that kind of growth. And we're talking about a year. We're not talking about five years. It's a year. So it's like super accelerated, but we know how to um, be agile and move with them and be really fluid. And we know the things they need at 10 million versus the things they need at 50 million, hundred million. And we're kind yeah. of helping them with that evolution of, Hey, around the corner, this is going to happen. So let's yeah. get ready for that. And that's right. what you need. I mean, HRO human resource outsourcing is that, and you can get the people who can come in and plug the holes and tape the walls, but we're going to come in and say, knock that wall down because that's in your way, right? That's yeah. the difference. That I love that. That's so cool. So we're talking about all of these companies have office spaces. Like these are like established companies, probably maybe even with their headcount, they're not technically a medium business, but it sounds like you're working with small businesses that are looking to become medium businesses, medium size, or maybe even large. Right. Small emerging businesses and medium sized emerging and growing that are on their way to become large is perfect. Large companies. Love Mm -hmm. that. And then is there any industries that are specific that like you guys are focused on or are you like all opportunities? So we do all industries. It's easier to say the two we don't touch, and this is by design, is healthcare and manufacturing. Okay. And that's because healthcare is super complex. I don't belong in that pool. I have other people I know that I recommend in that area not healthcare, yeah. but anything else from e-commerce um, to more, you know, car washes and pet yeah. shops and everything in between retail eye care. We have every kind of client. We had construction clients and smaller yeah. clients too. We do a portion of business with women and minority owned firms and nonprofits. That portion of the business is really to build strong economy and level the business playing field. So when we're working with those types of clients, they're usually very small startups and they're under a different program. Okay. And then what are their revenues like? Um, They're probably, you know, one to 5 million, I'd say. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah, Our company is based on injecting wealth into businesses for women, moms, and minorities to drive social equity in the world. And Mm -hmm. it literally is like, that's the reason that we exist. That's why we serve our owners. And they don't all fall into that category either, but just making sure that we're keeping our North Star clear. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, the reason that we're operating is to, like you just said, level out the the playing field of what we're at. So when you went through our Brandfluencer process, kind of tell us about like, what was your favorite part of the process so that the audience can kind of get an understanding of like, hey, you were there. We knew a little bit was going on with the identity not feeling aligned, but like, what was your favorite part? I think the best part was this 
kind of project can feel very much like boil the ocean. And I've seen it done in companies where it takes like six months, a year, and it's crazy. Your whole process took 12 weeks and it was yeah. very iterative where I got to have baby steps into it, but each part was extremely well thought and deep thought, right? Like really right. think about this, really think about these values, really think about that client, which ones would you never want to work with again? Which ones would you? Yeah. And I have to say that your team specifically was one of the best parts of mm. that project. Um, I worked with Deb at the time, she was phenomenal and just really awesome, um, really was good at like managing the deliverables in terms of if I was delayed in getting something, yeah. helping me to think through it. Like, I'm just hitting a wall on this one. Like, how do I think about this? She's like, let's just yeah. talk about how you do that. So it, for me, it felt like a digestible process. That's awesome. I love yeah. that. Yes. Yeah. I still, I'm still like, remember like all your wins and like watching your, your core values on your website are amazing, by the way. I love the amazing. way that you guys put that all together. Uh, looks yeah. so great. So let's go back to talking a bit about, um, the environment of work and culture and, and, you know, you really feeling like people need to come in a few days a week. Are the companies based on the scale of your company, are they working with international team? Are they working with virtual assistants are they actually in that kind of playing field or are they kind of in a totally different business model where they're not utilizing that as much in relation to people coming into the office? Oh, gotcha. Like, are they augmenting staff yeah. with offshore support? Yeah, no, yeah. we don't have very many that augment their staff. We have ones that most of our clients are hybrid, like three days in, two days home. And yeah. they may, in certain very specified niche industries, need to augment very small portions of their team, but that's like specialized talent. Yeah. Um, but we don't come across that too much because these are usually brands built here in the States that grow in the States. Occasionally yeah. we'll run into global expansion um, or um, North American expansion into Canada, but for yeah. the most part they're here. And that yeah. feels really good too, because I truly built this business on the small businesses are the backbone of our country and our economy. Yeah. And they are the most important. And sometimes they don't get all the frills that you get with like an HR person. So that's been super rewarding to see these brands we started with five years ago now be these bigger players just feels really good. I bet that's amazing. So yeah. good. Yeah. And the perks so, are pretty cool. I can't lie. Like, you know, working with different food and bev companies is fun. Getting yeah. to work in all these different spaces is super fun. Um, we had a sports media company. So we got like tickets to the, like, it was just yep. good times, like really fun. I, I, I used to do interior corporate interior design, if you recall, for like big <laughs> fortune 500 companies. And I redid like the Houston Dynamo Stadium here. And like, we got like booths and VIP boxes and nice. tickets to games. And it was so fun. I was like, yeah. I love the entertainment industry. Like this is way better than corporate headquarters. Like I'm actually benefiting from this. So yeah. let's, talk a, let's talk a little bit about like, you know, what is your belief behind the the, the mission of Workplace Harmony, which is like, to bring harmony into workplaces, enhance the experience for owners, employees, so they can thrive and reach their goals and their dreams personally. What tell us? Tell us about that. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, we believe that when you go into a company, it's the sum of all the parts and you have leaders with goals and aspirations. And then you have the folks right under the leaders with that same you know, or different aspirations and then all the employees, too. And so everyone has a different 
North starring personally, right? Like they have mm -hmm. a thing they want to get to or do. And yeah. those goals and dreams should be vocalized and they should be heard so that if there's an employee who's been working there for a while and their big goal or aspiration is actually to earn a degree in something tangential, that company will be so much better off supporting that employee, even if it, that means later down the line, that employee may, may roll to do that because mm -hmm. they're going to be all in because you have their back. Same with leaders. If the leaders are there and they are honestly thriving in what they're doing, they mm. show up as a really strong leader. Like, have you ever mm. gone in and you don't feel 100% yourself? I can't show up as my best self if I'm not feeling my best self. And yeah. for a lot of leaders, that's true because they could be getting hammered by the board or they could have this impossible uh, decision they're weighing. They can't tell anyone. So a lot of times they are dealing with these internal battles and they have people like us on their side to say, let's just talk and explore that. We don't have yeah. stake in the game. We don't care what you decide, but let us help you talk through that. Right. Yeah. That's, that's really, really, really good. It ends up being your... It's basically forming the culture, right? Like it's when they feel good, when they know what they're aspiring to, and they have a pathway to get there, they're adding to the vibe in a really positive and tangible way. Absolutely. They're carrying that vibe and amplifying it, right? Like they're, yeah. they, as much as they know, it's not what's said, it's what's seen and what actions mm. they take. So you can talk mm. all day of, we have the best inclusive culture and we do all these things. But if your actions are opposite, that does not align at all. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's the cool thing that I see shifting in bigger companies mm -hmm. is that they are willing to invest and be, invest their brand, their personal brand. And to yeah. say, we want to be in integrity. We don't want to seem like we're just, you know, saying it to say it, because I don't think that that flies anymore in culture. People will just call you no. out. Yeah. And I think um, we're seeing a much bigger push towards vulnerability. Um, thanks a lot to Brene Brown for that. But we are seeing yeah. a lot more vulnerability in leaders where they mm -hmm. will just say, this is hard or these next six months, they're going to be tough. And, and I yeah. appreciate that more than anyone. I think at times it can, maybe some employees don't, but I really appreciate authenticity in leaders mm -hmm. and think yeah. seeing this vulnerability and sometimes empathy is really powerful in an organization because I always say it's not the people you can be alongside on the good days. It's the people who are in the trenches with you on the bad days. Like when you think back through your career and times that you had challenges, usually those memories stick with you because it's like that person was my ride or die and we got through that. Like that's yeah. what really matters. It's kind of, I mean, it's, it's similar in life too, right? Like we all yeah. have our ride or dies of like, who are we actually willing to go to bat for? And Absolutely. it brings us closer. And I think the idea that like, I think employers are realizing that work is hard for employees and you can't just like expect them to go to the moon and stars when you're willing to lay them off. And I think employees are also realizing that like, hey, my employer could just lay me off. They don't have to care. So it's kind of fun seeing this like new side come out. Yes, it's very different landscape now. It's a very different landscape. It's not so much, it's much less the employer having like the control because you don't have as much of the loyalty. And it's very much like on any given day, that person could decide I'm out. And so employers yeah. really have to plan. And we're seeing more and more a need in the workplace for just some workforce planning of worst case scenario, this person rolls, what's next? Like you just right. have to think about that. And um, unfortunately people don't like to think that way, right?
Yeah, we're not probably we're probably the bridge generation between where we're at and where we are now. So we talked a lot about workplace culture, right? Especially with a name like Workplace Harmony, but like give us like two other things in addition to culture that you feel like you really focus on. Yeah, one of the biggest things we do that's not even um, necessarily publicized, it just comes with how we roll, is open up that communication to build trust internally. So how we describe that is we'll come in and do your typical HR outsourcing, standing up processes for human resources, best practices, performance management, documentation, all that boring HR stuff. Interwoven in that are the pieces around inclusion and communication and trust and respect. So it's really interesting when I meet people, you're like, oh, well, you're not an organizational development company. And I'm like, well, that's kind of all done together. So no, we're not going to stand alone and come in and say, in six months, we're going to stand up this program. We're like, hey, tomorrow this is happening and this is what it looks like. And we're just going to do it. You don't have the luxury, especially with startups to say, this is a program and I'm going to build it and build it and build it and build it. No. No, you Mm -hmm. just do it. And so the things we're doing are teaching people about difficult conversations because that's what it comes down to. And a lot of the companies we work with have like a middle layer of management that just needs a little support. They're not entirely clear on what to communicate up or down. They're not entirely clear how to show up when things do get sticky or when there is difficult messaging. And we'll just sit with them and say, let's talk about this. We do a lot of compensation work and help people communicate compensation to employees, which you know can be a tricky conversation. We just yep. tell them, this is how you approach it so that you're not yep. having to deal with that at, you know, or be uncomfortable in that moment. Um, so yep. that's another thing we do. And then we love our work where we're taking a startup from like next to nothing and helping them go. So we'll, while we don't do recruitment, we'll do hiring strategy, help them think about job fairs, career fairs, attraction. Like we do this, this is the coolest project we got to do is help a, a startup build these culture videos that then were used to like attract. And I'm not a videographer. Ooh. We brought a friend yeah. along, but it was really cool to like write the script and say, no, 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 yeah. you need more energy. You need more. And it was like, you had to be a director for a day and a half. And it was super yeah. cool. But, like these kind of things that are all tangential to the people and the culture and the employer. I love that. I love how you just like lit up right there. Let's talk about some other things to, to light you, light you up and hear about it. So like, what is what is a learning that you've had over the last five years? And you can pick the last couple because they're probably more recent, or if you want to go over the full five, what's a learning lesson that you've had with having to juggle all the balls of being an awesome mom and being a wife and then growing companies from freaking 10 to 100 million, which is a whole different, you're like, we would go to 100 million. They may have 10 employees and we're going to have 300 or 400 by the time we're done in a year. It's like, that is like crazy viral rapid growth, like 100x. But yeah. it's 10x. That's 100x. Yeah. Whenever so, I hear it, I'm like, pish posh, 10x, whatever. Pish posh, pish posh. <laughs> so how do you harmonize your roles in your life with balancing all, uh, harmonizing, not balancing, how do you harmonize everything? Yeah, I'm I'm really excited to kind of answer this because one thing I've realized, you know, you're constantly learning and evolving. But for me to show up as a great wife and a great mom and a great friend and daughter and and all the things I need to be and a CEO and a community involved person, I needed to embrace that there was a lot of messy bits that happen with that. And it's not all 
rainbows and that it's okay to be messy. And so I am launching a side project called Magic is in the Mess. And it's a passion Ooh. project where I just keep it real. It's for parents and people who are just like, wow, this is freaking hard. Because I feel like a lot of what we see is so filtered and the Facebook screen is all the happy, I'm here in Cancun and I did this. And it's like, no, this sucks. I'm on vacation and I'm miserable because they're whining about being hungry and I'm freaking tired. And I had to pack four carloads of crap. Like, let's just be real. This is hard sometimes. And I feel like we have not had a place to say, this is freaking hard and I am freaking tired. And so I developed this uh, new site, laurenbethwilliams.com, that's going to launch really soon. It has a vlog to it about those tender moments when you are having a day and you just need a minute or you just need something. And like, I talk about the magic of moments and the magic of, you know, with kids and family, like there, you can plan the most perfect, amazing day, trip, meal, activity, and it goes to shit because it's you totally. cannot control how they show up. You cannot control those external forces. I was talking to another mom who planned like the dream trip to Disney, and I yeah. said, heads up, there's going to be a day that totally freaking sucks, and everyone's complaining, and all you can do is roll with it. Grab a drink, take a walk. Just roll with it because you're in the happiest place on earth. And guess what? It doesn't feel happy. It doesn't feel happy. And that's okay. And we need to give ourselves permission of, I don't always show up the best. And for me, what I learned these past couple of years is what happens is when I get these external stressors, they come out here to the ones I love the most. And I had to really tell myself, you need to chill because you're not mad at this child. And the other week I um, had given this bomb presentation to this women's group and had them all going like, you got this, got an email from someone that just set me through the roof, had to run and do like a bank wire. And I go to the bank and I was so mean to the lady. She's like, well, you don't have the right this. And I was like, left, like all heated, drove Mm -hmm. up the street. And I was like, wow, you are perpetuating a cycle of negativity. That woman did not deserve this. So I went and bought her cupcakes and went back to the bank. And I'm like, I am so sorry. That is not me. That is not how I show up. You did not deserve that. And she was just like, well, one stunned. And I think like, what? And I'm like, I am just really sorry. You were just doing your job. I was an awful human being. Because I realized in that moment, if I keep this cycle going, she's now going to go and have a bad day with her loved ones who are then going to have a bad. And I'm like, let's just stop it. And I think in our world, that's what's happening is people yeah. are getting lit up about something and not diffusing. And then it just carries through. And we have all these platforms that they can rage on and then everyone keeps raging. So yeah. long story short, I think I've really learned how to live that like, there is so much magic and imperfection that you can enjoy. And every day you can find something that truly feels so special. And it doesn't have to be this like orchestrated thing or overplanned yep. event. Um, so the, yeah, I think that's my biggest learning. I love that. And it's called the magic is in the mess. Yeah. And the site's laurenbethwilliams.com. It launches very, very soon. And then they can follow Magic is in the Mess on Instagram for inspirational content. It's just two minutes a day to just get a little lift, right? I love that so much. That is such a cool project. What a great brand name, by the way. I love it. The Magic is in the Mess. 
were so aligned per usual. We just took a, a trip to with the kids to a week long trip. We went to my husband had an event where he was speaking at and had a booth, and then we went to an event of mine where I'm a business a part of a business mastermind ski trip. We're going to Park City, Utah. Then we're going to Beaver Creek, Colorado. Oh, well, on the way there, uh, I I have my own issues and it's a hot mess. And then my kid ends up being totally sick the first day we arrive, like screaming, breathing in pain. Like she was like, we should go to urgent care. And I'm like, what? Like oh you have to go to urgent care? Like I'm like <laughs> flipping out. We end up getting her through it. It was terrible to watch her with the altitude sickness, just screaming in our hotel room. And my son is there. And then my son gets sick in the evening and I have like the flu. And so then I'm pushing through while they're both sick. My husband's like now not paying attention to his event. He's in the hotel room. trying, And we're like, it's just like total calamity. Yeah. And I'm like this whole, like we're on our way. It's like, it sounds so great. And we get there and it's like a, it's like a literal crash landing. Right. And we get it pulled together in the next couple of days. But I love the advice that you gave your friend of like, you're going to the happiest place on earth. I need you to be aware that one day is going to be total calamity and it's going to be the opposite of what's advertised. And uh, our brand is all about bold authenticity. It's one of our core values. And I just love keeping it real. And so people know, like I just did a post on it this morning, like this is really hard and I want you to know that you're doing it right. Like you're not doing it wrong because some days and some weeks and seasons feel like, oh my God, let me get out of here. Like this yeah. is how it feels, but people are just hiding it for some like reason of like worrying about what other people might judge them to be. Exactly. And like you can't worry because guess what? They're judging you no matter what you put out there. So once you realize yeah. that and you're kind of like IDGAF, I'm going to roll. It, yeah. It's very freeing. And yeah. I found that the more authentic I am, the more people actually appreciate that. Of yeah. like, this isn't that great. And here's why this is hard. Or yeah. this was a really hard day. And maybe you all can relate. And, you know, I think a lot of people need that. We need that realness because everything is so filtered and perfect yeah. and, and fake, 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 fake. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love it because I love seeing it specific Instagram since you mentioned that we're on Instagram too. And like, I literally firmly stand against everything looking polished all the time. I'm like, yeah. sometimes I might be dressed up and sometimes I might just look like this. And right. I, I think that, that it's really important that we understand that there's, there is a personal brand behind every business brand, which leads me to ask you. So we have Workplace Harmony. You guys are obviously kicking butt, have an amazing big team. Tell us about like Lauren, Lauren Williams and why are people attracted to your personal brand? I think the reason people are attracted is because it is that radiant positivity and empathy and just being able to lift people up or bring mm. something, a little bit of energy or razzle dazzle <laughs> to whatever that looks like. And so they're very attracted to that. And mm -hmm. the fact of like, when you work with me, us, you feel uplifted and it's not like smoke and mirrors. Like you just genuinely feel better. I have clients call and they're like, oh, I just needed to hear that. Like, thanks. Yeah. And, and I wasn't doing anything. I was just showing up as me. And yeah. I think that, that I, that brand is really powerful. And that when I built this company, 
you guys help that show. Like our, our brand is fireworks. And yeah. I'm like, that is me and us. Like that is it. And that's what people feel. And so I do think that that personal brand really carries through into everything we do. I love it. You are fireworks. So, so it was so <laughs> fun to get to talk to you again and be like, what are you up to? What are you all about? Like mm-hmm. when you were our client, the whole team loved you. Like you're just like one of the faves. Like <laughs> you just, you do create radiance in people. And I imagine that there has to be a personal story there that allows you, because there's intentionality when I see and observe people like you and we share the like being the light in the room part of it. Yeah, yeah. I know that there has to be intentionality because you've got to deal with all your stuff, your trauma, your drama, your self-limiting beliefs, your growth, your moods in order to come out in the world and really inject that positive radiance and that energy in. So what's the story behind why we get to see this amazing person? Yeah. So I live and die like by two mottos. And one is faith over fear and just have faith. And every big decision in my life has come down to faith and my belief that God's got this and that I am protected and whatever I do, I'm going to be fine. Even if everything bottoms out and I got nothing, I'm good to Mm -hmm. go. So faith over fear. And then years and years ago, I started really leaning into the pilot of your own plane. So like, Mm -hmm. if you're in a relationship that's really not serving you, Mm. and you are not able to show up as your best self, you have the right to get out of that. You are the pilot of your own plane. Same with an employer. If you're pissed off and hate your job, that's your fault. Get out of it, right? Like, and yes, Mm -hmm. I have some privilege and yes, I'm able to make those movements, but I truly believe anyone can stand up and be like, I'm sick and tired of this. I'm out. And so if you live your life that way, that I'm only going to embrace things that lift me up and fulfill me, yeah. And not to like a detrimental point, but like to a point that like, I want things that make me better. My spouse makes me better. When I met him, I was like, oh, you're the one like I am. We are crazy in love. And you see I post about him the most probably. And um, when yeah, I met like, him, I was just like, them to me. <laughs> like, you love this. <laughs> I'm like, I do. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> but he makes yeah. me better and always has. Like he's elevated me. And that is what is just like really driven this whole time. And honestly, he is the one who on the hardest days is like there. Like 100%. the craziest, you know, crazy stuff happens when you're in a business crazy. And he's right there. I'm like, I need you to come with me here because I literally don't know what's about to go down. And he's right there. And just, you know, that's him. And you have an amazing partner too. So you know what it's like to have like that ride or die right beside you. Yeah. Um, But yeah, there's no shortage of, of hard days. And I think for me, even coming up and being not the most assertive person, there was something that changed where I was just like, no, like you are going to take control of this. You are going to, you know, be that pilot of your own plane. You are going to leap and you are not going to look back. I love that. Well, that just, that just puts a bow on this beautiful (laughs) share pilot of your own plane, find the magic in the mess, all of the sayings, radiant positivity. Um, So this was so fun to get to, Mm -hmm. to learn from you, to hear from you while you're keeping it real and doing really big, hairy, ambitious things uh, for your company, Workplace Harmony, and also your clients. So where is the best place for our listeners to find you, follow you, love on you, get to laugh with you? What's the best place? 
Absolutely. Follow us on Instagram, Workplace Harmony HR, or Magic is in the Mess if you're interested in that side. And if you hop onto our website, you can sign up, get our newsletter, get all this goodness in your inbox. Uh, we're constantly putting that on Instagram too. The website's WorkplaceHarmonyHR.com. Uh, those are the best ways. Amazing. Okay. Thank you so much for joining me today, Lauren. Love you. Love you. Thanks, B. This was great. Thanks so much. <laughs>